Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Welcome to She Speaks Life. I am so excited today. You are in for a treat. I have a darling friend on here. Her name is Christina Cummings. Hi, Christina. How are you? Hey, I'm good. It's an honor to be here. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's an honor to have you. And for you that are listening, I got to tell you, I've been following this girl on Instagram and her posts are so rich with godly wisdom and encouragement and hope. I just love each post that she puts on her social media and I hope you follow her so you guys can be encouraged as well. And I just love that her God story is about her using the circumstances to heal rejection in her heart. I think that's so profound. And her story is about discovering God as her one thing. She's just got an amazing God's story to share. And Christina, could you just maybe share a little bit about yourself and then go right into your God's story and where your testimony begins? For sure. So, yeah, I mean, I was born in Colorado and then I grew up moving most of my life around the world because my dad's a diplomat. And so, yeah, that just kind of over time planted just a seed of not feeling very wanted because of moving so much and moving to so many different countries. Um, I wouldn't change it for anything, but I definitely started to get this seed of rejection planted in my heart early on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was something that I didn't really know how to, I didn't even know it was really in me, (laughs) Um, especially being a middle child. It kind of came in as well during that. And so then I, I was in high school in Israel and I had gone through, you know, all the different ways. I was, I was really tormented by my emotions and feeling rejected every day and not really feeling, kind of feeling like I was walking on eggshells through life, not wanting to mess up around anyone because I was so deathly afraid that I would say the wrong thing and then they wouldn't want to be my friend or be with me anymore or, you know, and it was yeah. that, that thing in me. And it was really, I didn't know what to do. And we went up to the Easter sunrise service at the Garden Tomb in Israel for my dad's birthday, and I was really, really not wanting to go. We know now why. The enemy really did not want me to be there, (laughs) but (laughs) when we went there, it was really obvious God was going to do something big, and we went to the service, and that was when I first encountered him for the first time, and it was like, you know, I just, just, it was his presence. The manifest presence of God, you can't deny Mm -hmm, (laughs) that I had never experienced my whole life. And that was during worship, which I think was really influential, too, because he has really brought back, you know, my love of singing and my voice throughout my entire walk with him. And so getting saved during worship was kind of like his way of saying, yeah, like I'm marking you, you know? Yeah, for Um, sure. So that was really... Yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention to our listeners that she writes songs. So she is a songwriter, beautiful voice that I've heard, and beautiful blogger as well. So, oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. So, so that was 
really the start of my God journey with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, I kind of got hit with a bang, <laughs> though, <laughs> because uh, I, um, I left Israel and I went back to the States because I didn't really know where else to go for university. And when I left after a semester um, in Colorado, because all of my, kind of all of my security blankets, the things that I was holding on to to feel wanted, were stripped in that moment. And, you know, I was I was saved, but all of those things were still in my hand. This is very much a hold on my heart. And yeah. God knew that, but I didn't. And so I wasn't able to go back to Europe or see my friends or travel or any of that. And that was kind of what I had used to feel unique and wanted and special, and then that was all gone. And so I, I quit after a semester, and I was just living with my parents in D.C., really tormented every day by these feelings of needing to be needed and knowing that because I put my worth in that external thing, it was gone. And so I just mm-hmm. every day was feeling that, and I was, you know, running myself to the ground, just developed body dysmorphia and a lot of eating disorder issues that I'm still I've I've still been inner healing from that today mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was definitely yeah. like a yeah a really interesting season and a lot of my torment just led me to feel really lonely and was not able to really connect with God because I was thinking about these things so much every day right and like all that space was taken up you know mm-hmm. and so I, I was so desperate I went on a ski trip with my coworkers at Chick-fil-A <laughs> as I was working there just trying to get my life together. <laughs> and I hadn't skied in four years. Like, I hadn't skied, no, not four years. I hadn't seen snow in four years. I hadn't skied since I was maybe five or six. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that was like one time in my life. So I don't know how to ski. And for me, I just kind of wanted to go, you know, to get to know people and sure. really fill that void. <laughs> and yeah. so getting there, I thought it would be fine if I just stayed, you know, on the bloody hills and stuff. But it was such a bad day. It was like you couldn't two feet in front of you and it was mm. one of those dreary days yeah it just was not a good day no and um and I ended up on the wrong hill on the last hill um we went up and I thought we were going up a green blue I don't know if you know those colors but yeah. green is like the easy yeah yeah blue, I yeah. I know those colors because I'm usually on the green you know the beginner <laughs> I, I, was there, sister. Yeah. <laughs> I stay away Maybe from the that, black yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I ended up on a black run by accident because it was blue-black. And so I kind of was just like, it's the last run. And I went down because it was the last run, and I was definitely afraid. I kind of had this gut feeling, which now I know that was the Holy Spirit. But in that moment, I just didn't really know. But I knew. Like, I've always been very instinctual with my gut. God's just kind of been showing me now that it's always been Him. But now I can, like, use that to my advantage and know that it's the Holy Spirit instead of just not really wondering what that is. Right, <laughs> And, yeah. Um, yeah, so I definitely had that feeling of, like, I don't think I should go down the hill. But I did the last run, and I went. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, it's... Ended up on the ambulance. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wanted to go back. Just the Holy Spirit, it's just, it's, there's that training your ear to hear. And so many times, mm-hmm. you know, we look back and go, oh, that was the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, it just <laughs> takes that exercising, that training of the ear to hear the Holy Spirit. And then it comes yeah. a little more natural, like, oh yeah, okay, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God's voice speaking to me. It's not, you know, my yeah. own. And so I, I totally can relate to that because I think most of us, you know, there's that definite discovery stage that we're, yes. yeah, we're learning to hear his voice. And 
oh my gosh, so we were skiing down the mountain, and then what happened? I I went down the hill, and I blacked out, so I don't remember this, but I was told that I turned left into the Black Hill, and then I couldn't turn right again. Um, I couldn't turn my skis. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad I am at skiing, and it was also super steep. Yeah. And I'm um, really fast, and so I just ended up flying into the, like, my skis flew off, and I was just tumbling down the Black Hill really fast, um. and... The side of the hill was plowed up six feet with snow, um, with sharp rocks at the bottom. Oh. And so I was going super fast, just kind of careening down, and I slipped off the side and landed flat on my back, like, on rocks. Oh, <laughs> um, goodness. Yeah, so it was definitely, like, high-speed. Well, the doctor said it was, like, um, high-speed car crash equivalent of just smashing, yeah. you know? yeah. Wow. So that's why, well, obviously I blacked out. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, praise God you lived through that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's only gone. <laughs> oh. 100%. Oh. Yeah, so I woke up in the ambulance. I thought I was paralyzed because I couldn't move anything. And usually when things like this happen, your body will go into shock. And for 24 hours, they can't, they won't assess anything based on that. They won't mm-hmm. say, you know, you're paralyzed because things can wear off after 24 hours, your body goes through that. So I was going through that, but I didn't know that. So I was sitting there and I couldn't move a muscle. And I was asking everyone around me, like, am I paralyzed? Am I paralyzed? Mm -hmm. And no one could answer me, you know, because they legally can't say yes or no in that moment. (laughs) Yeah. So everyone's just kind of ignoring me. I'm there freaking out, just like, am I paralyzed? Am I paralyzed? And then I just remember feeling that moment of, okay, like I'm, I'm paralyzed, you know, like, nothing moving, nothing's happening, and mm-hmm. it's that moment that you get when your life changes forever, and you know it, mm-hmm. and you have to accept it, you realize, and that is that first initial shock, and I had that mm-hmm. feeling right mm-hmm. then, I was like, okay, I'm paralyzed, and then I immediately felt this peace just wash over me, it was, oh. it was just, Jesus, just like, it just was so, I've never felt so much peace, wow. just, just shower, and I just knew I was going to be okay, I was like, okay, I'm going to be fine, and then immediately right after that they said can you move your toe and I and I moved it (laughs) like right after that moment yeah and I just was so shocked because in the moment I was like okay I'm paralyzed and I felt this peace and then it was like no like I can move it was just so bizarre oh that's awesome yeah it was like a god kiss so yeah yeah I went through critical care um, inpatient rehab, outpatient rehab, home therapy, and then another outpatient rehab. So that was about a year in total. Mm-hmm. And I just had to relearn how to, because I ended up basically shattering every vertebrae. Wow. Know, shattering the bottom two and cracking every vertebrae. And then I cracked my pelvis once, the hips and the ball and socket twice, and my sternum and ribs. I had just so many bones cracked. And I bruised my spinal cord, which is what left the damage that I live with now. It's called conus medullaris syndrome. So just all of the um, the tip of the spinal cord, everything that that controls, just got numb. Mm-hmm. And so living with that has definitely changed my life forever. It's an invisible disability. But the bones all healed. <laughs> just, oh. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> the only, healer. Only yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was, um, I had uh, two cages to replace two of the vertebrae and mm. one rod and then I I remember most of critical care inpatient and outpatient or first home therapy was mostly just me in pain physically and just like I, I don't think I've ever experienced physical pain like that before in my life and just my whole body was very much but then it was just yeah. interesting because it, I was still feeling the presence of God so strongly 
is more than I ever have in my life. I just did not ever meet him that way where it was like all these miracles were like I had been given a helmet by some random guy right before I went skiing because they didn't give me a helmet when I signed up. Oh, my God. And this person just walked up and gave me a helmet. And it's like, and then I thought back, I was talking to my mentor about that later, and she was like, that was, that was God. Like, yeah. that was, yeah. I, I was Who knows, it. that could have been like an angel. I mean, hello, that's, An angel, 100%. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, and so all these little things like that, I just felt like were kisses from God, but then outpatient rehab in Florida, we had to leave D.C., and my dad had to go to Poland, but I wasn't cleared to travel for the year, which we, I know that was God, really. It, he was... I wasn't allowed to run, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to travel, and I wasn't allowed to see any of my friends. The three oh. things that I had yeah. used <laughs> in my heart to, like, feel like I had some sort of worth for yes. those three things. Oh, my gosh. And it was just all gone. And all gone. It, it was so, you know, you know it's God. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, the more I got physically better, the more emotionally I got worse. Mm. Because I was yeah. starting to feel those emotions, and I was like, right. oh, I... Yeah, and yeah. and how long have you been a believer at this point? How many years? So I had been saved right out of high school, and this was a year later that I had my accident. Oh, oh my like goodness. A year later. So like so, a year after you get yep. saved, you're already <laughs> yeah. feeling some encounters. My God, that's amazing, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think I was also very much having to navigate this without knowing that he was big and that he was good and right. that he was sovereign. Like, I didn't know it. You don't know all saved. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like most people, though, get saved and then you, you get into a Bible study and you start learning about him. Yeah. But I hadn't had that push yet no. to really get to a Bible study because all I could think about was losing my friends and not being in Israel. And, yeah. and then it was like, this was my my learning, <laughs> my my discovery of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So um. I... I was in Florida, and I just remember I came to this place where I just was telling my sister on the phone, like, I'm just not going to feel my emotions. <laughs> like, I just, I wake up, and I was just consumed. Mm. Like, it was just so bizarre. I would wake up, and my entire body just wouldn't want to get out of bed. I was so hopeless and depressed. Mm. Like, it, I was so alone, because it was just me and my mom in Florida, and I, uh, couldn't make friends. I couldn't work. I couldn't do school. I just mm. had to be... You know, I did some schooling online, but I couldn't, like, go to school like anyone else, you know. Yeah. Like, those years, you want to go to school and enjoy your life. And so I couldn't do any of that, and I, I wasn't turning to God yet because I was just starting to feel really stuck. I was like, I don't know why I'm in this season, mm-hmm. and everyone else's lives are moving on. Like, what? Why? You know, I didn't, I was just counting down the days until this season was out. Right. And I was still very much healing. Like, I was getting better every day, but my back... You know, I was still limping a lot and going to rehab every day and really trying to still warm, wearing my back brace, go back brace. And I moved out of the the cane and the wheelchair and the walker and all that stuff. And I was learning just how to walk without any of that stuff. And I just remember one day walking on the beach because I walked on the beach every day with leg weights. Yeah. <laughs> I was just so deathly afraid of... I, this is how bad it was with my um, body dysmorphia at this point, with my rejection, you know, that whole thing. It was mm-hmm. just like I woke up, I was like 80 pounds in the hospital. Wow. And the first thing I thought when a nurse came in to assess me for something was, oh, she's going to she's gonna see me that I'm fat because I didn't go running yesterday. <laughs> that was in my mind. And I was oh. like, what? Like, when I think about that now, I'm like, oh, my 
Yeah, I mean, I can I can relate to that. I mean, that not to the extreme, but I Mm -hmm. definitely went through that where the scale, the number on the scale, was dictated Mm -hmm. my my mood that day. It determined, yeah, it determined my worth. So sometimes I wouldn't even get on the scale because I would say I don't want to be in a horrible mood today. So then, oh, yeah, I would... spiral into yeah. depression when you, yeah, yeah. When you get a pound, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, you know, I started writing on the scale. I have like a, a glass one. So I just mm-hmm. took like a dry eraser marker and I would just wow. write, I am loved, I am beautiful, yes. I am marvelously oh, wow. made, like just biblical <sighs> truths on the scale yeah. just so that I would take those shackles off of me that stronghold off of me that the enemy just wants you to believe and so I healed from that because you know you you heal when you replace those lies with the truth with With God's word yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah I overcame that but I can totally relate with the whole body image such a powerful testimony Yeah. yeah oh my gosh honestly for me at this point there was a lot of it that I still didn't want to deal with the actual root the root of rejection, it was like he was dealing with a lot of other things. He really put his finger on, like, my loneliness and my my fear of the future and my need to be loved in that sense. It was like he was putting his finger on a bunch of other things, but he hadn't worked, he hadn't gotten to that place yet with the really deep rejection. Right. Um, and I'm so thankful he didn't because I wasn't ready to deal with it. Um, yeah. Like, he's been dealing with that now. And that, I tell you, inner healing in that sense, is no joke. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. It is. It hurts, right? And, it's like yeah. death to something that has been so alive in my life that should not have been alive, and mm-hmm. um, that hurts. But during those times, I just remember I was so lonely and um, really mad at God at this point, and really just every day trying to ignore this feeling of just so much hopelessness inside of me that was just it was like it consumed me. And I walked on the beach once, and I just felt so lonely. It felt like there was a razor blade, like, cutting through my soul. Like, it just felt like it was just cutting mm, across me. It was like, yeah. so, and it, now I know why, you know, like, our emotions, our body, our soul, and our spirit are so connected. And mm-hmm. um, and there's emotions that are persistent, and you don't feel them, and you're going through them. They can consume you, and they can start to, you can start to manifest that physically. Like, you start mm-hmm. to feel pain yeah. physically from that. And so it's so connected, and I didn't know that at the time, but it was definitely happening. I just started crying, but I didn't know that I had started crying, you know, like my eyes just started watering, Mm -hmm. but I didn't, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to cry now. And then all of a sudden I realized I was crying. I was like, wow, I'm so in pain. (laughs) It's like the only thing I could do. And I fell on my knees and I was like, God, like, what are you doing? Like, I finally, like, I feel like I have nowhere else to turn and Mm -hmm. I've been so mad. It was like, it's like when you, you have a kid and they're running in a direction and you put your hand on them, you know, but they keep running. So you're just, holding your hand there and then yeah. running against the hand like can you move and you yeah. don't <laughs> yeah. so my god was literally doing that yeah yeah i can really i got three of them uh, yeah yeah holding yeah, on to you them. know that yeah. <laughs> yeah and he just would not move his hands until mm-hmm. i finally looked up and so i finally was like okay i have literally like i am so in pain 
I do not know what to do. And I went back to the condo, and I remember that was the beginning of me really starting to learn about him and mm-hmm. use this season to learn. And he kind of knew all along it would take me about maybe six months to get to that place. And then yeah. I finally looked up, and when I went back, it was like I just poured everything out. I sat down, and, and I just was like, I'm so lonely. Like, I yeah. said it out loud, you know? Like, yeah. I'm so lonely. I'm so, I'm just in this like I don't know what this is and why this is happening and I actually don't even know like what you think about this all this God like I didn't even know he was good at this point yeah I think he was and I felt like I was being punished for something and because I really didn't learn anything about him after I got saved well yeah and I think his his timing is just he's so (laughs) gentle and he just has the perfect timing Every single situation, circumstance that we are in, he is so patient and gentle with his ways. And, you know, he's waiting for us to turn to him and just spill everything that we have questions about or what we're angry about. Like God can take it. Like he can take our, (laughs) our screams. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And And he wants it. Like he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. It blows my mind. Like David in the Psalms, he just, he never, he never held back, you know? Yeah. yeah. He just let it out. And in two seconds, he'll be like, you know what? I'm so mad at you, God. And then two seconds later, but I know you're so, so good. You know? Yeah. So it's like yeah. all in the same Because <laughs> I think at that point, like you were crying out. And I think whenever we do that, it's surrendering. So we surrender. Oh, and where heart is poured out, where hands are open, we're on our knees, we're crying out, we're surrendering, you know, instead of holding on to it with pride or, or holding on yeah. to it with, yeah, with this hard shell, we, we've softened ourselves, we're just pouring out to him. And so his promises are so good that he's so faithful because immediately he gives us, he's always been giving us his love, but we can feel so much of his we, love. And we take hold of it. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And then after we surrender, it's like we are open to feel even more abundance of his love. And it just oh makes us want to churn our, you know, to get to know him more and more. Now we're pursuing him. Like he's always pursuing us, but now we're like, okay, Lord, now I'm pursuing <laughs> you. You know, I want to get to know you yes. more because you start to feel who he is after that. We surrender. get so drawn in. Yeah. yeah. And this was my really, this was the first big surrender yeah. moment of my life where I genuinely didn't know if he was good or not. And right. I, and you know, I, I, I could read it in the Bible and I was saved and I knew like, I knew he saved me and all this stuff. But in that moment, it was like, I realized he was really healing something in me that didn't mm-hmm. know about him. Yeah. Um, and who he really was and how big he was. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And so, yeah, in that moment, I just remember pouring it out to him, and and it was like I reached out my hand, and I just felt him just take hold of it. It was like mm. he was just right there, yeah. and it was like it healed something in me in that moment. It was mm. like a, a marking of me that I needed, just mm-hmm. that he's with me. Like, yeah. oh, I'm not alone right now. Yeah, <laughs> and every yeah. day did not get easier. It mm-hmm. was still like circumstance wise, it was still so hard. Sure. You know, waking up, but I took his hand. Mm-hmm. This time, it was right. like from that moment on, I woke up the next day and every day after that, and I said, "Okay, God, I am going to take your hand. Yeah. I'm going to move one step forward, and that's it. That's literally all I can do." 
And yeah. I'm not going to do anything unless you're holding my hands because clearly I can't. Like, yeah. It was just, and I, I had never reached that place before. And I just, I started to, because I had no friends, no time to do anything, no no school, no anything, you know? Mm-hmm. I really just would be on Google, Googling, like, why would God allow me to be in pain? Why would God allow me to be waiting? <laughs> you know, and, like, and yeah. then I would just start reading, like, all these promises and things that just, and and this is kind of how I started to kind of want to read the Bible. Like, I'm, I'm a very visual per- person, but yeah. it's actually just my personality where I kind of, like, oh, I get bored reading. And now I'm like, oh, no, I love the Bible at all moments of the day, like, yeah. Give me the word, you know. But it took me. God knew how to kind of do it, get me interested. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I can relate. I'm a visual learner too. So, like, when I'm right, yeah. reading the Bible uh, stories, like, <laughs> I. I go into like a whole envisioning it, right? I have to go and picture it in my head and yeah. actually take myself to the desert yeah. or under that tree or whatever location I'm, I'm, you know, Bible story I'm reading at the time. But I have to pretty much take myself there to really retain the information and, and everything. So I could totally relate on being a a visual learner and yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things I had asked the Lord. He knew he was going to do this anyway, but he wanted me to ask him. I just, I know it, but uh, just asking him as I was learning to hear his voice and just have him speak to me more, I'd be like, God, just show me things, show me pictures, show yeah. me things in, you know, and he would do it because I asked him mm-hmm. and, uh, and that really brought the Bible alive for me. Yeah. It really helped me see those different things you know, come to life in my, you know, in my spirit and everything. But yeah, so after that, that was really a hard, I, I used to say it was the hardest year of my life, but I would say now I've been, I would just walk through one of the hardest years of my life. So it was definitely a hard year in my life, mm. um, but it was hard in a different way. And so when I came out of that season, there was a huge amount that God, a growth that God had done that I hadn't seen until I came out in hindsight. And I was like, whoa, like I cannot even believe yeah. how much God grew me in that season. It was just all the things he put his finger on. Like, he, he just, it was so bizarre. Yeah. I was, you know, when you come out of those wilderness seasons and then all of a sudden you've got all this fruit. You're yeah. like, where did this come from? Yeah, it's, it's a transformation. So yeah, it was a transformational process. Yeah. And it was completely underground, you know, like right. all my roots and all that stuff. And so, but it was um a first, my first taste of that. So I sure. knew God was good out of that. I was like, yeah. God, I just know that I know that I know that you work everything, all things for good, you know? Like, I came out of the like, oh my gosh, he was working. Like, he yes. was good. I wasn't punished because Jesus took the punishment, you know? Like, I was just so shocked, all these revelations. And yeah, and then I moved to Montreal to finally finish my studies. I had taken off another year to work in Poland. And I still, I still had that root, that rejection root mm. in me that was manifesting with... Um, so it, for me, it was, I couldn't look myself in the mirror. <laughs> I was so, mm. I just hated myself so internally. I didn't want to face that because I didn't want to let go of I did, the pain of it. You know, the coping mechanisms that you have. For me, it was my appearance, my weight and all that. Right. It was like, I didn't want to let go of it. I was so afraid, you know. And mm-hmm. so I never thought about it. I was just like, no, nope, I'm just a very healthy person, you know. But it was all driven by this hatred for myself that was still there. Mm. God hadn't put his finger on it yet. Because he knew I was not ready to deal with it. He was dealing with so many other things, you know, mm-hmm. um, healing my, my perception of him and all these things that really needed to be healed first yeah. before I walked through that season. He's um, like, uh, one thing at a time. 
Thank God he does that. He's I so know. kind. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everything he does is so strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows exactly where you're at and he just meets you there and mm-hmm. he's like, nope, I, I, like, it's just so kind. And you look back and you're like, oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so mm-hmm. I, yeah, I moved to Montreal after about another year and a half of living in Poland with my parents and just working because I couldn't go back to school yet. I was fully walking. I was running again by this point, but still very tormented by that inner route. And when I moved to Montreal, I started to feel the first time that I really started to walk with the Holy Spirit from that moment on. It was Mm -hmm. like I went to church and immediately I just felt this like really strong indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And Mm -hmm. ever since that day, it was like I just, I was starting to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit because I was just so, I was walking with it. It was like I wanted to, and I was already saved before this. It was like this renewed sense of wanting to be with Him at all moments of every day. Yeah. And I'd never experienced that. And so from that moment on, that was when I really started to discover more about my calling and I was serving at church. And, you know, when you, the minute you start planting your roots down and serving, that's when you really start to, God starts to bring stuff up in your heart that's, but good desires that he put there, you know, right. and you start to flourish, you start to discover about yourself because you're giving out, and yes. I was starting to discover that, and, it, and I really started to discover my love of singing, which I had shoved down for so many years because I had thought that I wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. and it was like something that I was so definitely afraid to do, I was so afraid to open my mouth in any capacity because I had just felt so horrible about my voice, mm. um, and, I, and I look back on it now, and I feel like my voice is pretty much the number one thing the enemy has attacked in my life Mm. since I was a child. And so I really started to discover in my heart, like God would just bring that up in, um, in my like time with him, I'm just worshiping him, and all of a sudden I'd be like, I know I'm born to sing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm born for this. Like, you just you know when you're spending time with him and all of a sudden your Mm -hmm. desires in your heart that he put there, they just start bobbing up like a beach ball. You know, like you can't push the beach ball back down the water. (laughs) It's gonna come back up, you know? Yes. And that's kind of what was happening. Yes. (laughs) Um, What a great illustration. yeah, like they asked me to like, how do I know? Like, what are my God-given desires or what? I'm like, just spend time with Him, and you're not going to be able to escape them. Yeah, they're going to come running after you. You know, like, I know it's just not possible. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> but I was still very that that thing that that thing of rejection. I knew was still there, and it would just manifest in mm-hmm. my need to go to the gym twice a day and then walk everywhere and be energetic and make sure that I was externally perfect at all times. You know, it was, just, it was right. still there. Yeah. And very much unhealthy, but I was covering it up and pushing it down. Kind of like, oh, but this isn't a root. This is just, I knew it was there, but I was like, sure. I'm just a healthy person, you know? Yeah, it's easy and, to um, ignore. It's easy just to I, ignore yeah. it, you know, well, working out, exercise is healthy. So good, yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah. my soul was just getting so poisoned and toxic, right. but... You know, I'm here saying I'm, I'm, I'm as healthy as I can possibly be, you know, on the outside. But God knew. Right. God knew I was not healthy. And um, and he, 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 the problem is, um, I'm only now just discovering how this all happened. But the summer of 2016, so I went back to Poland to visit my parents. They were in Krakow. And super healthy. I mean, externally, you know, physically work, running every day, all that stuff. And I was still, I was not as tormented it spiritually because I was really walking with God like I was I I was just at a place where I just always wanted to journal always wanted to talk to him I wanted to keep hearing him I wanted to get to know him and so it wasn't that it was just more 
there was something, that thing in my soul was really, I had really partnered with a lie that was little, it was still there. And so I actually, I had about of, we thought it was food poisoning when I had this thing of sauerkraut in, uh, I was going to meet a friend and I didn't want to eat at that restaurant, so I was just going to eat something healthy, you know? Yeah. So I was like, oh, let's get this sauerkraut. And it was at kind of this, like, sketchier place <laughs> in Krakow, which is, Krakow is gorgeous, and but Poland is a little bit behind Western Europe and right. Eastern Europe is like I love Eastern Europe to death and so it's super underrated gorgeous amazing but it definitely is like cleanliness wise a little bit behind Western Europe so this particular place was in the Jewish Quarter which is the kind of a ghetto area of uh, Krakow it's like a historical gorgeous um, yeah. really cute area but it's a little bit more run down and I ate the sauerkraut and I immediately like my stomach was so in pain and like mm. I had diarrhea, all that stuff and nausea and yeah. headache and I was like, okay, food poisoning, you know, I thought it was food poisoning. The next day I was fine, but we, I didn't think anything of it because food poisoning, you know, goes away. Right. <clears throat> but then ever since then, gradually it got to the point where my stomach and my intestines and everything just stopped moving. And this was over time. Ever since that point, it was like gradually, slowly, like my, my stomach stopped digesting food. Everything just stopped. Mm. And um, and I just got sicker and sicker and I didn't know what was happening. I was like, how am I sick? Like what? I I eat so healthy. Like I run every day all the time and I was getting more tired. Right. And didn't understand where this was coming from because it was like the most energetic person I know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, then all of a sudden I can't get out of bed or I can't walk to the grocery store. Like I take one step out of my house and I'm like, nope, go back. The grocery store is like a, a block away, you know? Right, right. And so then I'm like, okay, this is not normal and um, couldn't eat any food. That's the point where I like, you know, I would just have these horrible symptoms after just eating like one food or any kind of food basically. And so then I yeah. ended up having just like, I was just on liquid and it got to this place where my mom was like, okay, this is clearly not just um, some, you know, ambiguous symptoms from lifestyle or something or stress, like there's something. So we started seeing doctors and uh, we didn't know who to go to for it because there's so many symptoms that are so ambiguous, you know, Mm -hmm. like what doctor do you see? And Mm -hmm. um, on most of the, you know, GI doctors, all them, they they didn't really know what to do. They just kind of said, oh, stress probably. And I'm sitting there like, you don't understand. It's like, this can't be stress. Like, I don't think this is stress, you know, like I know my body pretty well and there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um, no doctor could really find it. So that was really hard. I came to grips with the fact that I had something that was chronic and I didn't know what it was. This thing about me that I discovered through these trials and all of my illnesses, injuries, is that I just don't quit. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just kind of like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, I'm well, not that's going good. to get the rest of my life. No, yeah. no. <laughs> and, yeah. And so it's kind of like God kind of showed me, you know, like, yeah, I can't do that way. That's my girl. But yeah. it definitely was hard in the beginning because I just felt like I was so not advocated for, you know, and um, things were getting worse and I ended up not being able to serve at church anymore and I it became almost too hard to just go to class, you know, or, or, or work or anything, you know, I just couldn't do anything and sure. it would be like the minute I eat, it would be like my entire stomach yeah. would just be like, go nine right for you. and yeah. I'm like, yeah, like that's not normal and then like my, it would like push on my diaphragm and like, my rib cage, and I couldn't breathe after mm. eating like two bites of anything. And wow. so I was just like, I need help, you know. And and it's kind of bizarre how we found my doctor, but I had to come back to Colorado. My mom was here for while my dad was in Iraq. She lived here because she didn't want to go to Iraq, and mm-hmm. she was living in a house. And I came here for a week, and I had had a worship time with God where I was just, you know, on my face, just worshiping Him. And I had, I remember, I saw this picture of water lilies, like in my mind. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what that meant, so I wrote it down. I just, I write everything that I see or that I, verses that come to my heart or just things that come to mind when I'm talking to him or when I worship him. And I just write it down, even if it doesn't make any sense at all, <laughs> which yeah. that one didn't. And um, I wrote it down, and then I remember looking it up later, and water lilies symbolize vitality and health and new birth and, mm. like, regeneration. Like, I was looking up, like, what do they mean and, like, yeah. all these symbols of that. And so I wrote all that down, and I was like, oh, whoa. Like, I felt like God was saying something to me about that mm-hmm. with uh, just my life and um, how, you know, like, pretty much everything that's been sent to destroy me has pretty much caused me to move forward, <laughs> like, a little bit more, you know? Like, yeah. it kind of propelled me forward. Right. And um, I kind of felt like it was just really significant for my healing journey. Mm-hmm. And then I remember we went to um, a functional medicine doctor that had been suggested to us and they're Christian and they take a really really amazing approach like they'll combine medicine western and holistic like they'll do whatever the person needs yes. they won't just do what they think is best they'll do what they really think is the best option for the person That's good. Um, individually yeah and so and I remember when I walked into the doctor's office for the first time there was a painting behind her of water lilies oh <laughs> you're like, it was like thank you guys. I just had this piece yeah. Yeah, I was like, whoa, I have yeah. this, yeah, he, he led me here, you know, like, yeah. every step of the way of this journey with healing, chronic, so the chronic illness has been, like, God has just done something like that right at the moment when I need it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that was really powerful, and I just, I had so many days where it was like, I would be so in pain after eating food and so full. But like not just like full, but like I actually can't breathe full, like inflated. And I just I was laying on, on my bed and I was so in pain, just like couldn't even I couldn't even cry. I don't think I I just couldn't let anything out. I didn't know what to do, and I really felt like I got to this place where um where I was just like okay, I need to ask God for healing because I was I had been I've been kind of debating whether, you know, I've kind of been before, like, well, if God wants to heal me, he'll heal me, you know? Mm-hmm. But then my circumstances just getting worse and worse, where it was to the point where, like, I I have nothing else to do but just to ask God to heal me every day, you know? Like, yeah. it was just so bad. And when I just sit there, I was like, God, like, can you please just, um, just touch me? Like, all mm-hmm. you have to do is touch me, you know? Like, I just, mm-hmm. I knew that one healing touch would heal me. I knew it. Like, I, I, and this is me going, I'd been through the spinal cord injury not really knowing whether or not he was good and coming out of that really discovering how good he is. And, yeah. And I had all of that to hold on to. And then, but I felt like I was, like, fighting to hold on to that in this season because it almost was testing that in a way. Sure. And I was just like, God, like, I know that you can heal me in, like, two seconds. Like, mm-hmm. I knew it. Like, yeah. just please come down and touch me. Like, that's all you have to do. And, and he didn't do it. And I think in those moments, that's when I really had to make a decision. Like, okay, what do I believe? Am I going to believe the things that I know that I know that I know? Mm-hmm. You know, that he's mm-hmm. good. And I, I said that I know that I know that I know. And this is a whole new level where I'm like, whoa, okay. Am I going to Am I gonna believe that? You know, it's like his right. goodness kind of just stared me in the face every single time I would ask that. And I didn't receive the healing that I wanted. And when I look back on that, I, I, I like it that time makes me tear up almost because I think about it and I'm like mm-hmm. I can see little bits and pieces of why he wouldn't do it yet you know because there was still something in me that he was healing mm. and it was that root of rejection that was getting pressed on just yeah. really heavy because I you know my weight was just it would go up like 10 pounds in a day and then maybe drop like 10 pounds and then go up again 10 pounds and drop 
and every yeah. day I would see the change immediately because all I could see was my face, you know, and like, right. I was so definitely like, oh my gosh, like, let's uh, like, stop <laughs> catching on this feeling of like not being, you know, it was like, yeah. it was just really taking away what the last security was thinking. Right, yeah. And, oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah, and so it was like, I, I really had to come to this place where I, I just had to let him do the pruning like I had to let him because I didn't want to come as much as I said I didn't want when when I started to get this discernment that it was rejection in my life because I would ask him like what are the lies that I'm agreeing with you know Mm -hmm. like what I knew he was doing a deep work of healing but I didn't really know what it was and I knew my childhood had to do with it but I didn't know I didn't know the magnitude of what God was healing me of (laughs) and I just asked him and even just knowing that it was rejection wasn't even close to the amount of stuff that he was doing in my heart you know but when I knew it was rejection I still didn't want to let go I didn't want to let go of the fact that I would be if I gained weight you know like all these things I was like no 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 like yeah you can heal me but can I I say the same you know like that thing in me just needed to have that validation from that Mm -hmm. um to stay wanted and it was all just something that I had I had partnered with, you know? This, yeah, you know, it's like fly. a it's like a control thing, you know? It's that yes. one thing that you can control. And God's like, oh, no. Yeah, I'm in control of everything. And I want you to release that control because it's all for our good. It's all for the best plan for our life oh, for us to let well, go. And that's the thing, too. I mean, if I didn't let go of that, yeah. I would never be able to find my worth without it. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I have to go through a season of not having it. Yeah. To be able to know that my worth is internal. It's not in the external thing. Yeah. And that was something that he knew I needed to not be tormented. Yeah. So basically what happened after that point was I really had to come to grips with that, that God was doing some pruning, you know? Yeah. And I would say this was harder than spinal cord injury to rehab. Yeah. I honestly say inner healing it's harder. Like yeah. It was harder for me. That is that is a mess. Like it, it is just so, and especially for something that I held on to for so long, it's just blown my mind how kind God has been to put his finger on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Because he knew that he knew I was tormented. And it was just a work of inner, almost inner, like I, I say I had, you know, parasites and all that stuff, but what came from that, mm-hmm. that God was doing, he was using the, the physical parasites to heal the spiritual parasites right. that I had just sucking oh, on my life. That's so good. So yes. Long. Yeah. Good way of putting it. Yes. For sure. Yeah. So, and, and he, and when I got my word for this year, it was like he was telling me, I mean, he was saying like, I'm so proud of you for sticking through this, but just let me use those things a little longer, you know? And he was mm-hmm. saying how the enemy knew what I was doing, through, like what I'm going to do to use what he's doing right now with these parasites and these pesticides and all these issues in your body. Mm-hmm. If the enemy knew what I was going to do through it, then he'd get them out. Like, yeah. <laughs> he'd pack yeah. up his bags and leave. Like, he would have never done this. So it's like... He doesn't even know the magnitude of what God is doing through mm-hmm. those things. And so I've really just had to hold on to that. I had a season last last year where I felt like I just had to trust. Like, he wouldn't let me stand up and fight. Like, I'm, just, I'm such a fighter. I'm like, no, no, get me out. Like, I can do this. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I need to be. And he, I, I had to let it. I had to stop declaring in faith all the time and trying to smack myself to believe God was good every day. 
and I just had to sit down and trust. That's all I had to do. Mm. And he just had to, I, my heart was not ready to believe that he wanted to heal me, even if I didn't have enough faith for it, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like my faith was kind of like, okay, well, I need to have the faith for him to heal me. And, and then every moment that I would, I would just kind of hit a wall and be like, I don't have enough faith for this. And so, uh, and and I remember one day I, I reached kind of a breaking point and I was just kind of like, I woke up and I was, I was really mad at God because yeah. I was so sick and it had been so long and I had come right to this place where I was like, the reason I'm so mad at you right now is because I know you're good. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is why it's so confusing to me. Like, this is why I'm mad. I, I, and I think he wanted me to get to that place finally, you know, mm-hmm. again, where it was like I was holding in so much of my, because I knew he was good. I just knew yeah. from what I had seen in my life. I just knew. And then I was, he was yeah. sending me through this thing that he didn't cause, but he allowed it. And I just mm-hmm. did not understand. And I came to this place where I was just, you know, just, oh, so letting him have it. And, yeah. and he, I was like, I don't, I don't have enough faith for this. Like, you know what? I have no faith. And he was like, right there, like right there. That's mm-hmm. exactly where I wanted you. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. what? Yeah. He was like, I, because I'm going to heal you whether you have faith in me or not. I'm going to heal you whether you trust me or not to do it. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I was like, whoa. It like smacked me in the face because I was like, yeah. oh. You know, yeah. like he just, I needed to stop trying to muster up all this. God, I said all the time. And because I'm doing that, he's going to heal me, you know? Yeah, and just, right. Yeah. And that was this, this whole season, honestly, it was like I, I, I remember I, I bought a book that said Kisses from a Good God. And it was from a guy who was a cancer survivor and he went through a process with cancer. He wasn't healed instantly. And so obviously when I read his testimony, I was like, okay, clearly I need to get that book. <laughs> and when I got it, I, I remember I, I had it sent to my Montreal house, but I bought it when I was in Colorado. And then when I went back to Montreal, that's when I really got that, I hit that breaking point and I was just, you know, letting him have it. Like mm-hmm. I was in my room, all my symptoms were just everywhere. And I was just really, it was coupling with my disability symptoms. And so it was just like, I was just so confused why this was happening to me. And and I really felt like I had reached the breaking point of this crushing season. And in that moment, it was like the door knocked. Someone knocked on my door. And I went to answer the door. And it was the Amazon Prime guy bringing that book. Like, oh, I'm a good guy. Yeah. Like, right in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Of course. Oh, my goodness. It was just kind of like he was with me every step of every moment. Yeah. But in the moments when he really wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I, I just had to press in and realize that, you know, at this point, I had just come out of a season of so many encounters with him and just feeling his love every day. And then all of a sudden, I pressed into this really painful sickness season. Mm-hmm. And I just had to trust in the word. It was like this whole yeah. new, where it was like, oh, I'm not feeling anything right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, but if you say you're always there, this means I actually have to go by what you're saying in the word right now. You know, it was like, I just had, that was it. Like, right. that's all I had. And I think he's so kind because even we have, he wants us to, to get to know him in that way and take hold of him in that way, you know, and have that foundation. You start to get a little too comfortable with how we're experiencing him in other ways, you know? And Sure. Yeah. Did you get rid of the root of the rejection at that time? <laughs> yeah. Well, at that time, I was—I think that's why I had gotten so mad at him at that point was because yeah. I, he still wasn't letting letting me heal fully physically, but it's because he was healing me internally that whole time. And so over time, I slowly just had to yield to what he was doing and really let him prune. And then uh, in my quiet times and my prayer and when I would talk to him, I'd be like, okay, God, what is it that I need to do? Like, what is the lie? 
Like, mm-hmm. what is it? Because I apparently, I know I'm believing this lie. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was rejection at that moment. Like, mm-hmm. it was like all I could see in my mind was rejection. All I could think about was rejection. I was like, okay. And so from that moment, it started this process where I had to say, okay, God is pruning me, but I need to make the decision to come out of agreement with this. And and I felt like it was a process. It didn't fully happen. Yeah. And never, I mean, let's be real. When does it always, whenever you see someone get instantly healed of something, they had, you know, years, like who knows how long right. of, you know, praying and asking for the breakthrough. And, yeah. and God was doing something in their heart every single time they were worshiping. And, yes. you know, God was healing them every step of the way. Yeah. And it all led up to that miracle moment, you know, but a mm-hmm. miracle is a moment and healing is a process. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, when I finally yielded to his process of pruning, I finally let him take out that desire for me to hold on to those things. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to just let go of the fact that, you know, I go to the gym. I, I can't go to the gym 20 times a week anymore. <laughs> I can't look the way that I looked in this past season. I cannot control this, but right. I can control what lies I'm believing right now about myself. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. That's all I can control. Yeah. And, take, take authority and over your mind. That. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's exactly. And so, yeah, I just came to this place where I said, okay, every day I'm going to do what I can do to believe that I'm worthy. And it started when I was taking communion because I felt like God told me to take communion every day, which I've been still doing. And Mm -hmm. I can't even, that's a whole other, I can't even go into it. It just blows my mind how incredible this is because I was (laughs) getting so depressed. And then I started to align myself with his promises every day. And then all of a sudden it was like, that was exactly what I needed to do in this season for my healing. So I wouldn't partner with disappointment. Mm-hmm. And God knew I needed that. And so I had one moment where I was um, I was praying and I was thanking him and that his body broke and that life was flowing through my digestive system. And then all of a sudden I felt like I needed to receive his love. Like I just needed to receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and all I could feel in that moment was him saying like, receive my love like receive it's been there this whole time just receive it and there was just that that part of me where I was not wanting to receive his love for that rejection and so in that moment I, I just had to say okay I say yes and amen to love and I say you know get out like I don't want rejection anymore and mm-hmm. I I am worthy like I am worthy mm-hmm. you know like I, yes. and I all of a sudden it was like I just went through this whole thing where I just started saying out loud because I think there's so much power in declaration oh, it's yeah. so much our words just recreate that like you can actually you know create the atmosphere the spiritual atmosphere in your heart and your soul and your mind Mm -hmm. by speaking it out and when you say i am worthy like you're literally creating pathways in your brain that are saying oh like it's renewing your mind by the power of your words and so when i would say like i'm worthy he was like i felt like this conviction Mm -hmm. and you know when you say when you want to like send out something that the enemy is doing in your life, you have to repent first if there's something that you're holding on to, you know? Right. But, and you just turn the other direction from it. I mean, that's all repentance is. And, but I knew in that moment, I needed to repent to my body. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was so shocking to me because my body had been what I had used this whole time. Mm-hmm. I just had been so deathly afraid of it changing in any way. And I just run it to the ground in so many different ways. And I just remember. In that moment, I was like, okay, body, you're so worthy. Like, I was just starting talking to my body. I just started yeah. speaking love over every single part of it. Like, so you're worthy. You are valuable. Like, yeah. you are wanted. You mm-hmm. are needed. Like, you're, like, you're, 
you're sustained by love. Like you're sustained yeah. by life and by love. Like yeah. you like nothing nothing that isn't of love has any place in you. Right. Like right now. Like in Jesus like I just was going for it. Like yeah. and I just felt my body respond so to the good. love that I finally was giving it. Yeah. And I couldn't give it until I received it first in that area. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't receiving it from God because I was so definitely afraid to let go yeah. of that rejection. And, and I didn't know I was just fueled by that need to be worthy. And so all of a sudden, mm-hmm. when I took hold of his love in that area and I said yes and amen to love, Holy Spirit was like telling me, okay, now give that love to your body. You know, yeah. like it Beautiful. needs it. It's starved. Right. Yeah. And, and so I just felt like that was the beginning of a shift. Every day after that moment, I have told my body, like, I'm so yeah. freaking proud of you, you know? Yeah. And well, there's and just, just so really much. There's just yeah, so much. There's so much power in our tongue. There's so much power in, in our words. Like, you know, when, yeah. when I God gave me this title for this podcast, She Speaks Life, because we're speaking life. We're speaking what, what so God, relevant. yes, <laughs> what God can do, right? And when we confess it out of our mouth, it moves everything in towards that direction of healing, transformation, and you're bringing death to life when you're speaking yeah. God's truth and in oh life gosh. words. So how... Awesome. Yeah, you're replacing basically the lies, you know, you're replacing it with the truth, with God's word. So, yeah. Yes. That's and, our and healer. I mean, his word is living and active, yep. you know, and when you speak it out, like you're sure shifting is. the atmosphere. Yep. It's so powerful. Yeah. Well, so yeah. good. So where do you feel you're at right now? Was that recent, like last year? or And if you want to just give the listeners a little takeaway as we come to a conclusion. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, well, honestly, all of that with repenting to my body and communion and all that stuff, that was really recent, actually. That was just this year and um, last year, the end of last year. Okay. Something has massively shifted with that root of rejection. Yes. And we just now discovered that I have no more parasites in my body. And that was like, I, I cried for like a day. I couldn't believe it yeah. because we had been treating it for two years. And then we found that the, there was a pesticide that had paralyzed my digestive tract. So, um. Um, and that had caused my immune system to go down. All these infections came on. But yeah, all of this, it was like, it was perfect timing because God knew that none of this could come until my inner healing, you yes. know, was there first. Because the inner healing was going to sustain all of the healing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I, he couldn't just heal me immediately. I mean, I know why now I couldn't just immediately get some antibiotics from a doctor. You know, I went to so many doctors who just couldn't give me anything or couldn't help me. Mm-hmm. None of the quick fixes would work. And I know now why, because God wouldn't let a physical heal until what he was doing in me spiritually and emotionally was, was healed. So that right. body, soul, and spirit could be you know, aligned with the Holy Spirit and aligned with love, mm-hmm. with his love and sure. God's love. And so, so yeah, so right now I feel like I'm really on the cusp of breakthrough. I'm on my last treatment and I've been just really partnering with hope, partnering with love, taking communion every day. And, awesome. um, and I guess the takeaway I would say with this is that God's promises, if God speaks a promise to you mm-hmm. and, it, and your situation in front of you looks the opposite, that 
means that you're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> it literally means that God's word mm-hmm. is work every ever since he says that word, everything that comes to pass after that mm-hmm. is working and willing for that word to come to pass. Yeah. So your circumstance is actually causing that word to come to pass. You don't yeah. see it now, but it's it's all part of his process. And so, so I would just say you need to fight with that promise. Like you need to take that promise and you need to remind God every day what he said because at the end of the day, it's a partnership and I kind of got bitter and disappointed in the beginning because I was like, well, you gave me all these words and now nothing looks like these words. Why would you do that? Yeah. And I didn't realize that he allowed it on purpose so that that word would come in and test me. Mm-hmm. Like not in not in like a test that you have to pass, but a word that would work and will in my life and in my heart and help heal me first so that I become the person who can step into that process, who yes. can step into that promise. And, um, and so it was really just healing my identity to be able to sustain right. that promised land when it's coming. And so whatever he's spoken over you, take hold of it and declare it every day to your heart. You don't maybe have to take communion every day if you don't want to, but what it did for me was that I genuinely could not partner with disappointment anymore because my brain and my mind have been so renewed by my spirit that if disappointment started to come in and be like, well, what if this treatment doesn't work? I would immediately be like, no, no, I reject that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this treatment's going to work because yeah. the Holy Spirit and like, I literally would just be like, no, no, disappointment, get out of my life. You right. can't stay because I'm not going to partner with you. Yes. And like, I wouldn't have done that before. I would have really taken that in and said, what if it doesn't? Because it hasn't the past seven times, you yes. know? Yes. But, but with God, when you are, you're literally putting those promises at the forefront of your mind and declaring them forward every day, no matter mm-hmm. what is in front of you, you're calling yourself forward into that reality. So yes, amen yeah, that's that. what I would say mm-hmm. definitely to take home with. <laughs> oh, amen to that. Oh my gosh. See friends, she's so <laughs> rich with wisdom. What you're just a phenomenal <laughs> speaker, blogger, songwriter, singer. I just love your powerful story you just shared. And I love how uh, we really get to know God really through our experiences with him and our encounters. And oh yeah. Yeah. And just him paving the way. And he's such a good God. And what was meant to harm us, he turns to good, turns it to good. He sees the bigger picture, the ending, and we don't see the end. That he <laughs> he's all in control and he sees the end. And that all we need to do is trust him because he's got that best plan for us. So... Well, thank you, Christina, for coming on here and and sharing with us just an amazing story, how God is using you. And friends, she's only 24 years old, and she knows so much already. So, Well, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me, honestly. Like, this is such an honor, and I really feel like this podcast is and everything that you're doing, your words, your voice, your kindness, like, mm. it's just so powerful, the yeah. lives that you're transforming, and, and all the lives you're going to keep transforming through everything that you're doing, so, yeah, it's yeah. such an honor. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on here, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for listening today. 
I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.